Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, it is just myself today. Um, I don't have any guests on here or planned um, going into next week uh, simply because business has been super busy at the current moment. So a lot of the priority um, was setting new clients up, um, but also preparing um, for the launch of our new program, which for those of you that know, um, that listened to sort of last week or follow us on socials, uh, is the new eight-week elite physique program. Now, we really designed this for people who are looking to get lean in an eight-week period after just months of frustration um, with the gyms being shut. I think that we, you know a lot of people were in the same boat; they didn't have access to training. Quite naturally, um, maybe perhaps you know, let nutrition slip, motivation slipped and, and got themselves perhaps in a bad rut. So we've kind of designed it so to allow you to, to get lean, uh, a lot leaner than you perhaps think capable in an eight-week period, for you to then slingshot into a, a gaining phase over the winter months, especially obviously like right in time for Christmas. Um, what we have also got in place as well is that for the best transformation in that eight-week period, um, we are giving away a free photo shoot with Mr. TT Image, for those of you that have Instagram, uh, Tony Thompson, I've used Tony for many clients over the years. Uh, he's, you know, he's done many shoots for the business itself. So the winner gets that photo shoot the week following, um, but also 250 pound cash. Um, there is a, a monetary prize and four weeks online coaching for the second and the third best transformations as well um, and we are super super excited to have everyone on board it's been a, a remarkable start um, you know we, we launched the early bird offer on the Monday and the response we've had um, has been awesome so I'm truly thankful for everyone that has sort of signed up so far or has expressed their interest and um, it's going to be a great program and I'm looking forward to working with you so if you want to know more about it if you just want to get more information head over to davidophysique.com um, if you hit the services button there's a specific link that says eight week elite physique you can check out these sort of transformations of what's available in there what you can achieve what you get with the program when it starts um, or if you are just up for it you can literally hit the shop button um, and just sign up there and then so on to today's episode i realized that i hadn't really done a full episode regarding um, what we'd call peri-workout nutrition um, but also reverse dieting because I feel they kind of go hand in hand and are often not perhaps portrayed in the right way and I, I just wanted to give a little bit more clarity on what they are, what they do, how they can help and why I think that you should implement them into your own journey if the goal is to continue to add muscle mass even hold on to muscle mass during a fat loss phase, feel your workouts better um, and, you know, help get you a little bit more jacked um, in the uh, simplicity, in the simplicity side of things. So, you, if you, you know, peri-workout nutrition, if, you're, if it sounds like a bit of a fancy word, all it is is that, you know, you, you've maybe seen people consuming, you know, quite large amounts of carbohydrates uh, in and around the work, you know, before in and around the workout parameters, and probably wondered like, you know, why are they doing that? Because you know you're maybe still eating your chicken and rice, and and uh, <laughs> you're maybe you maybe feeling like you're missing out. And um, believe me, I've been there. I, I've been the guy in 2017 who 
I would eat chicken and white potato pre-workout and I would eat chicken and sweet potato post-workout and then my post-workout two meal, it was chicken and brown rice. Um, I was with a coach at the time and that was his philosophy um, and I believed it, I ran with it and if I'm honest, I was absolutely fucking miserable and um, became a grumpy bastard. Um, so yeah, since I changed my eating habits and I kind of um, developed the better working nutrition approach, um, one, I actually enjoy my food and two, it doesn't actually affect my mood. However, I'm at a point now where I just, I hate food as it is. So what we want to do is, you know, cover our pre, intra and post-workout food with a lot of carbs, but also protein. And I'm just kind of going, going to go into a few reasonings why I think we should have a lot of carbs in around the parameter. Um and then why that'll link in with reverse dieting. So if we kind of firstly look at why we'd consume carbs before training, you know, the simple goal of that is to just help fuel our session. So the energy demands that are placed upon us throughout, you know, doing certain movements, a specific load on the bar, you know, contracting muscle is, is why we need to be putting in food beforehand you know the outcome of that strategic fueling would be an improvement in the performance throughout your workout um, a better ability to, to increase the mechanical load on a week-to-week basis because you're not going in starving you know you're going in where you feel good you're perhaps not not bloated so if we are able to feel good throughout our workout our performance is up we're able to increase mechanical load on the bar you know those two factors are going to help us elicit like a lot of muscle damage on a week-to-week basis and that's really like the necessary stimulation that we need to add new muscle mass to our frame which of course is is all our ultimate goal so if you are going into training faster i'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing i think that you'd be wise to consume some of those carbohydrates like during your workout itself so I guess my next point will be for those who are going in fasted, but it's also going to be applicable to those that are going in in a fed state as well, and why I think that you should consume carbs during your workout. So we would call it, kind of call this intra-workout, whereas it's going to be a mixture of something like cyclic dextrin. So why would I use something like that? And, and the main reason is, it has a low osmolarity and high molecular weight, which in layman's terms just means that it passes through the stomach kind of quickly without us feeling bloated and doesn't require a lot of water to be drawn into the gut to be doing so. So what what I'm trying to say is that it gets absorbed fairly quickly so you have ready available fuel throughout for your session. So you can imagine that if you if you're waking up first thing in the morning and you're going straight into your session without having any food, you want to be taking advantage of this because it will do the same job as a pre-workout meal. Now it might be that if you are going in a fed state you don't need as much as this, but if we still put that in, it will continue to support increases in performance and fuel your session. But not only that it then sort of acts as that first line of nutrition for your post-workout effectively and starts the recovery process. And you're probably thinking, well, Vaughn, like how the hell does that relate to carbohydrates? And I guess that would kind of bring me to my third point um, and the most poignant one about peri-workout nutrition is that 
consuming large bolses of carbohydrates, you know, around the workout parameter will offset muscle protein breakdown and upregulate muscle protein synthesis. So in layman's terms, it will offset you breaking down muscle, but it will also help stimulate muscle building. But only, 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 only if you were to dose protein in there as well. And you're probably thinking, well, Vaughn, that's a no-brainer because I've had protein in my pre-workout meal, I've had you know essential amino acids in my intro workout or a Pepto Pro, um, and then in my post-workout meal I'm going to have you know a whey shake or whatever it is. Ideally, I would often suggest that the protein that you consume around that workout parameter is easy digestible, and um, that's why I often favour. And those my clients are listening, they'll probably attest to this. Is I'll favour to to put in the likes of whey protein uh, before and after um, because it is so sort of rapidly absorbed. And if we know that we are in this constant state of building and breaking down across the day, then it would make sense for us to always be putting in a constant stream of protein, effectively amino acids, in the system. How I tend to describe it, I think that if you look at muscle protein building and, and breakdown as a seesaw, you've got breakdown on one side and you've got building on the other. We want the building side of that seesaw to win, right? So we have a perfect scenario here where we know that consuming large doses of carbohydrates around the workout parameter will help us gain more tissue, then we would be wise to, to put that in. So how does it work? Well, what we're looking for is we're looking for quite a rapid increase of blood glucose in that post-workout period, right? So this is why you're going to see, you know, myself and others eat Cocoa Pops, Pop-Tarts, bagels and jam, you name it. And when we do, it's in large quantities. And it's not just myself and males that do that. I have some females out there that um, are on about 225 grams of carbs in one sitting. And I mean like little little females not not like little in terms of muscle mass but just like clara's five foot one on a good day and uh, she's on that amount in one meal and the difference in her physique having eaten this way the past couple of years is is phenomenal so we would put in that let's say you know some pop tarts some cocoa pops a whey shake um and ultimately be in a position that we can start to, to gain new tissue. Um, however, the further you get away from that post-workout window, the, the less sensitive your, your body will be. And that's the main reason why we, we can put this in, is that once we've just trained, our body's in this sort of heightened state, this heightened nutrient state that we take advantage of by means that when we consume you know, carbohydrates and they're broken, broken out of glucose in the blood, it'll more readily shuttle that, that those carbohydrates and ultimately protein as well into muscle cell um, muscle cells opposed to like as we know carbohydrates can be pushed into fat tissue as well so that's a window of opportunity that you don't want to miss um, and you should 100% be taken advantage of now I know that some of you are probably thinking well well Vaughn you know I actually have you know I, I backload my carbs and does that mean that I'm going to be, you know, not making as kind of quote unquote as good gains as, as those who are um, eating a large, you know, a large amount of carbohydrates after the training? 
I guess that there's probably no evidence to that. And I think a lot of people out there, their argument back would be that at the end of the day, it's all going to come down to energy balance. And I would agree with that. However, to answer that question directly, I would say that if you are perhaps training, not eating a lot of carbs post um, and leaving them for later on in the day, you would be less sensitive to nutrients. You wouldn't sort of partition them as well as you would do um, if it was after training. So I think that your body would more likely put that into um, adipose tissue. Not, not all of it, but it, w- it was going to do that more so than it would do post-workout, if that makes sense. So in to, you know, to put the answer in short would be that, yes, I don't feel you are going to make quite as good gains, but at the end of the day, there's so many different factors of why this would help in a, in a dieting or gaining phase anyway, particularly... If, if someone has um, quite a, a poor relationship with food, they, they maybe think foods are kind of good or bad or whatnot. First of all, that issue needs to be addressed before doing any sort of dieting issue. However, if they have this sort of preconceived idea that they, they can't eat this, they can't eat this, and I, I get this all the time. Oh my God, Vaughn, are you sure I can eat Coco Pops? Is that okay? And I say, yeah, yeah, get them in you. And then like 16 weeks later, they're like, Vaughn, I fucking hate Cocoa Pops, uh, right? And the reason being is that they start to eat and they start to think about fueling performance opposed to, oh my God, this is amazing, I could eat that. Um, that's probably more so the gaining side of things. If we were thinking about uh, a dieting side of things, it would probably be that, well, in a dieting phase, a lot of people think that you can't eat this, you can't eat that. So if you're able to um, put in you know, those sort of foods, which let's face it are, quote-unquote tasty, uh, I, I honestly think it will improve dietary adherence when you are in a dieting phase, regardless of whether your calories aren't too high. The fact that you'll still get a chance to eat something sweet, perhaps across the day, um, should ultimately improve your adherence and not wanting to overeat, binge, you know, you, you won't have as, as much cravings because you, you're getting that sort of food, you're getting that hit. Don't get me wrong, it's not the full McCoy, it's not the you know, it's not two or three massive bowls, but maybe perhaps it is a little bone. I keep referring to Cocoa Pops, by the way. That's not doesn't mean that you should be eating Cocoa Pops. This is just a, an example because it's kind of it's my post workout meal meal right now, um, and when I do these podcasts myself, I just do them ad hoc. So I often just effectively make them up on the spot. But um, I have over the years had, as some of you may know from following my Instagram, um, Pop Tarts, bagels, sodium loaf mini pancakes, banana and honey is actually a favourite favorite of mine itself. Um, so I don't mean to say that you that you can't eat any other cereal. It's just one that I think that everyone likes. So I guess if I was to summarise, you know, what peri-working nutrition advantages are, they would just simply be that, number one, it's going to help your performance during that session. So you're more than likely going to have energy to progress some of your lifts and put a bit more weight on the bar or do an extra rep or get better connection. You know, it's going to help progressive overload. And as it does that, it's then going to like elicit more muscle damage, um, which of course you want and you need to, to gain new tissue. But not only that, you've, you've, you've obviously broken down a bit more than you would do without it. It's going to offset that you know, continual breakdown process and then start to upregulate the building and, and recovery process, which is what you want. 
So you've got a scenario where if you follow it religiously for, for weeks, for months, I would say it's a bit more effective at gaining new tissue than other methods. But also it is superb for retaining tissue in a dieting phase. And this is something that I guess I didn't touch on um, and I definitely should. So when we are in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time, if we're specifically looking at a natural individual, okay? As a natural individual, I'm really sorry to tell you that you will have to accept in a dieting phase, you will lose a little bit of muscle mass. However, following this method would be a strategy to minimize the amount of muscle mass that you lose, but also allow you to re like hang on to that for as long as possible whilst calories are getting lower. And if you have the available calories to put in some intra as well as a decent post-workout meal, and then that means that you don't have any carbs the rest of the day. If your goal is to, to maintain your size, your shape, I would suggest that you follow that and, and don't be worrying about, oh, but what happens when I get tonight when I'm fucking hungry and I'm starving? Well, you know what? Just fucking deal with it. You, you, if you're dieting to extremities, you're going to be hungry. You're going to have to deal with it. You know, I had a check-in this morning with a client. She was like, you know what, Vaughn? I was so hungry last night, I just went to bed. And that's going to seem really extreme to those of you that have never prepped before. But unfortunately, that is, that's the reality of prep at times, uh, particularly if you are a female having to, to, to live off um, quite low calories. So I guess this is something that I, I've used when I'm dieting and when I'm bulking. But with clients, I honestly can't remember a time where I've dieted someone and not used this. Um, it, it's just something that I've put in practice. And I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of research out there. If you were to, to message me and say, hey, Vaughn, could you send me over some, some papers on that? I don't have papers on that, all right? It's something that I've just done in practice. It's something that's well-known within the industry and well-used and has been used for years. Um, but if you haven't tried it and you want to know more about it, then uh, please do just drop me a message. Um, you could also actually, um, now I come to think of it, I, I did write an article on the website. Uh, it's on the website, and I think I did that um, I want to say a couple of a couple of months ago. Um, so go on the website, check out. I'm sure that I'll, I've probably just repeated myself on this podcast. Um, but something that if you are dieting, uh, take advantage of. Any assisted guys out there who will hold on to all the tissue that they've got, um, this, this sort of method here will actually allow you to probably add muscle mass as you're pulling down, which um, for any assisted bodybuilder is the is the absolute dream, right? So I would take advantage of that as well. So if I was to if I was to then move on to my next point, which would be about reverse dieting, uh, I think that word and that word alone are those two words. Someone probably is kind of wondering what the fuck that even means. So when we are perhaps looking at, uh, I'm just going to say dieting for a show, for example, um, we're going to extremes of body fat. And as we do that, the body gets in a, just a chronic heightened state of stress, right? So if many of you know uh, cortisol, um, and you know you know this as the enemy of fat loss, and it's going to um, promote muscle wasting, and it's going to, you know, it's going to keep us up at night, etc., etc. So when someone's dieting, we often get to a point where stress is super high, and 
from a coaching perspective, we want to try and look at reducing that stress and effectively offsetting those effects of cortisol or glucocorticoids, whichever you want to call it. And one of the ways to do that, of course, is to back off with training. But one of the other proven ways in research is by adding in a bit more food. And you're probably thinking, whoa, what the fuck? What do you mean? So here's a scenario that you've got. And I've done this time and time again. I actually spoke about it on one of the really early podcasts with Clara, something that we done um, where she was she thought I was a magician when it was just reverse diet 101. Um, so we kind of got two weeks out before our first show. Um, I'm actually doing this with a client right now who is two weeks out from the one of the Ben Weeders. Um, and, and what happened, we, we kind of got to a point where I thought, right, this is as lean... This is as lean as we want to get. Um, so we want to hold this position. So we up, I up food a little bit and I pulled back cardio. And of course, the initial response you get is, oh my God, are you so sure? Because perhaps someone for the past 16, 18 weeks, all they've thought is, right, I need to do more cardio, I need to eat less food. And then all of a sudden you start to, to, to change things and they kind of go, no, no, surely not. So what you do is, or what, what I do I'm sure other coaches do is you, you maybe maybe up up food by a little bit. You up it by you know 100, 150 calories a day. And for the majority of those those amount of calories are going to come from carbohydrates. So effectively, you know, the way I look at it, someone's been when someone's dieting, they're digging a hole, right? And what you do is you, you start to to fill up the hole, but instead of filling it up with you know just soil that they've been digging, you start filling up with a little bit of sand. Right? Now the way to look at the way I try and say is that that grain of sand is going to be a lot finer and not really top up that that hole by quite as much but what this magic sand is going to do is going to allow that person to dig a little bit deeper right and so that's the scenario you've got you put a bit more food in people number one feel instantly more energized um because they have a bit more food it's also a big psychological boost they go right i've got more food so i must be stronger and they tend to like put a bit more into their workouts they train a bit harder they do their cardio harder they maybe put a bit more weight on the bar they get a few extra reps they maybe without realizing it they actually move a bit more so they, they they sort of their neat goes up their energy expenditure out with exercise like they might fidget a bit more but what you've automatically done like in that scenario, someone's like then expending a bit more calories. So you often find you up food and then someone gets a bit leaner and you go, fuck. And you up it again, right? And, and the, same, the same scenario happens. And, and all you're doing in that, in that sense is just what I said, but at the same time, you're reducing levels of cortisol in the blood. So when you reduce levels of cortisol in the blood that are... You know, it's flowing throughout the body. Your body's ability to digest food is like, or and partition that nutrients is instantly increased. It will also not hold on to as much water. Your ability to recover will increase. You'll also sleep better. So again, that'll improve your ability to recover. So then you can see how your energy levels will 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 just boost. So combined with that. You will maybe reduce cardio, and again, because someone's reduced cardio, they feel better. They don't feel like they're dragging their arse all the time. But again, they've got more energy for the sessions. And this sort of scenario, if if you check out check in with your coach every sort of two days, maybe every even every day, uh, you can see food increases literally every sort of 
I'm not going to say every two days because that's not realistic, but maybe perhaps every two to five days um, in the lead up to a show, which of course is exactly what you want to do. You know, you're going to present a much better look. You know, that look itself is probably going to be a little bit fuller as well. So muscles, like muscles themselves, hold uh, glucose in the form of glycogen. And when we diet, we sort of deplete those stores. But when we start reverse dieting out, we top those stores up so the muscle belly looks a bit fuller so it just means that things will pop a bit more let's say for example someone's some females like lateral delt looks a bit flat we've started to reverse diet them out we've now seen that that fullness has came back they've got a bit more of a cap on the delt um client right now we have started reverse dieting her out and found that our glutes look actually quite a bit fuller um, particularly in the side pose so you know those two things will take all day every day if, especially if the class is is bikini again if you're wondering why i'm talking about this where to add that extra food and when well from everything i just said in the first part of this episode you should know that it's going to be in and around the workout parameter isn't it for the most part i'll always add it in straight after the workout because by that point um someone's kind of like they when they go into training they feel good on their pre-workout meal um they, they maybe don't have intra or they do it's very very little but it's more from like a psychological boost like they've went from having maybe like you know just a small bowl of cereal to like double the size in one day and they go far and then they, they just they get so pumped for that so excited for that um, and that's where i tend to go first um, and you're not really going to go anywhere else in the sort of lead up to that show or the shoot it's always going to be in the post-workout but here's the thing right and here's how you want to look at it and why I think you need to graft earlier on in the diet is that can you imagine how good it would feel rather than dragging your arse going to a show or a photo shoot trying to chase condition trying to you know bring off the last bit what if you just cruised in and you cruised in you, you know let's say two weeks out two and a half weeks out Clara was doing like you know almost 40 minutes of cardio on the stairs a day and then we switched that to like an incline walk and it was like 20 minutes uh, a day you know so how, how much better she felt going to those shows um, and then it sets up a very efficient and effective rebound um, and by rebound I mean after a show again you're in this perfect position to gain muscle mass where you put the cat like you want to start incrementing calories up but someone's had food increases for the past few weeks so I think it often leads to less like less binging and overeating in that post show or post photo shoot period because they've been effectively reversing out of that um, reversing out of that uh, deficit for a long time. Don't be wrong, if we go back to the sort of the sand and the soil scenario, eventually that sand gets poured in at a little bit of a more rapid rate and impedes someone's ability to dig. Um, so by that point that it gets to, you know, the post show window, they've 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 been adding sand for a very fucking long time. However, I guess what I should add is that you can really only do that with someone who is ready. If if you are extremely lean, then you're able to do this. If, if you still have, you know, let's say if someone still has seven, eight pounds to lose and it's two weeks, three weeks before the show or the shoot, you're not reversing out. You're still going to have to dig. Um, but often what I've tended to find is that when I try and reverse someone out, um, they automatically start getting leaner and they could put a bit more food in, a bit more food in. Um, and it just it just sets up a, a really nice look 
for sure should do um, and I'll tend to do that with the the majority of clients and, and sometimes like even uh, have to wait until maybe perhaps the week before for the ones that are a little bit behind um, but when you kind of combine that with backing off the gas with training into that week um, diuretic protocol and whatnot a bit more food can go in but I guess that's really um, when it comes to to peaking and diuretics and that's a, that's a whole different episode um, and one that actually if you go back on the podcast at the very start I think me and Callum uh, did an episode on uh, peaking into a show um, in that sort of final week so that is it from me guys um, I think that next week me and Clara will record an episode um, and then the week after I'm going to try and get uh, Luke back on from the muscle mentors uh, we're going to speak about um you know program considerations um we're going to speak about physiology a little bit um because that that has been the podcast um you know live for over a year now and it's something i only realized after last week's episode was published that it had been i think it was over 60 episodes in in 52 weeks so there was a, some some weeks during lockdown where i did uh, did a couple and um, when I kind of look back over the stats and look at how many people have actually downloaded, downloaded and listened to this across all platforms, um, I'm incredibly grateful um, for that, that you just are listening to my rambles. Um, or when I'm interviewing a guest, um, at which you might get uh, a little bit more of a different perspective on things or maybe some added value about a topic that I won't have as much knowledge on. Um, and I'll always hold my hands up and, and say that that there's been some episodes I've recorded that I have learned quite a bit uh, so I hope that you have enjoyed listening to them as much as I've enjoyed recording them it has been truly awesome and I think that I'll uh, I'll keep it going for another year I think that after that that'll be well over 100 episodes I think that we'll have covered almost everything in bodybuilding I would imagine by then um, if not then then we'll keep going keep going the year after but guys if you've enjoyed these um up to date so far please do drop me a dm on instagram just let me know share it with someone even if it's not this episode if it's an episode that you've enjoyed previously that you think that there's someone out there that needs to hear it um please put it on your instagram story tag me in it um and if you have enjoyed these as well and you haven't you know given it a rating and left a review uh, please ask please do that I think that's the first time I've actually asked people to do that in over a year so yeah I would appreciate that to the uh, to the stars and back guys so um, that's it for me wherever you are whatever you do give it the beans